Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Hello, lovers of the Torah. Thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you again in this podcast. I will share some thoughts on the Torah portion, Emor, as it relates to the biblical day of worship and rest. I hope to respectfully contrast it with Sunday, the day of Catholic and Protestant Christianity. I hope to raise some awareness and love for what God has given to all of those whom he has and is redeeming the Jew first, and also the Gentile believers. So thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. It's one of the few Torah podcasts that interprets the Torah from a Messianic perspective. Thanks again for your support. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or a theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself. I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of Messiah. So let's jump into the text. Our Torah portion that's coming up is Emor, translated say. It's found in, uh, well, I'm going to jump into a portion of the portion, Leviticus 23, and I'm going to be reading from the JPS translation. So this is Leviticus 23 and uh, the first three verses. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the Israelite people and say to them, These are my fixed times, the fixed times of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as sacred occasions. On six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest, a sacred occasion. You shall do no work. It shall be a Sabbath of the Lord throughout your settlements. So so this this, uh, portion of the scriptures outlined for us the holy days of God, the appointed times of God. These God says, these are my fixed times, my appointments, if you will, my annual appointments. Not only annual, but there's a weekly appointment. And uh, that weekly appointment is, in fact, the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. It is the Sabbath of the Lord our God. It's a sacred occasion, which which means it's it's a time in which we come out together, we corporately assemble together for worship, and for instruction, for fellowship and reflection. It's a day of rest, a a day of rest from our normal work. And so we have this rhythm of rest and worship and reflection, instruction and fellowship that God has given to us to sustain us, to bless us. And this day belongs to him. In fact, it is a day that memorializes God as creator of things, all things, seen and unseen. That's Exodus chapter 20. That's the reason God gives us for keeping the Shabbat. He says, it's a memorial to me. It proclaims in your Shabbat keeping, you're proclaiming that I am the creator of all things seen and unseen. He is the great causal agent of the universe, of, of, of the creation of the universe, the heavens and the earth. It goes on to say, 
He's the Savior and Redeemer of all those who believe in him. That's found in Deuteronomy. I think it's Deuteronomy chapter 5. And so where, where the Sabbath is again addressed in Deuteronomy, we discover that the reason that we're to keep the Shabbat is it is going to be a memorial to God redeeming us, delivering us out of Egypt. So we see that, that, that the Shabbat is a memorial to him as creator and also as the Savior and Redeemer of all who believe in him. And then finally, also, uh, the Torah says that that the Sabbath uh, is a memorial to God as the sanctifier. He is the one that sanctifies us. He sets us apart by his ways and commandments from all others who are not in relationship with him. So just just a, uh, a brief overview of the Shabbat, we see that it is just chocked full of meaning and purpose and blessing this day and no other day of the week. In fact, the other days of the week are called common days. They are common. This day is special. This day is holy. It's set apart. It belongs to the Lord. It's infused with blessing, meaning, and purpose. In addition to that, this is the day that Jesus went to church on, if you will. You know, synagogue, you know, if you're if you're a Christian, we 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 would we would say church. This is the day that Jesus went to church on. This is the day the apostles went to church on. And this is also the day that all of the followers of Jesus went to church on, both Jews and Gentiles. This is the way it was in the first century. And then came the big separation when believing Gentiles began to separate themselves from Israel and the Torah of Moses. That leads us into the second century and on where this separation just grew and became, oh, just so, so uh, uh, impacting that uh, while we've been, we've been separated from Jewish people ever since, right? It's only been a recent, a new phenomenon through the Messianic movement that bridges are being built between Jewish believers and Christian believers for the first time in nearly 2000 years old or 2000 years. Now, keep in mind that as we go into the second century and on, that the Gentiles who are separating themselves from their Jewish brothers and sisters, they accept a new mark of identity. It's Sunday, not the Sabbath. The Sabbath was too Jewish. It was an identifying mark of, of, of Israel, really, between Israel and, and the God of Israel. So they adempt, uh, uh, accept or adopt a new mark of identity. It's Sunday. And note that Sunday is the chief day for the Roman pagan empire. Now, Samuel Bacchiacchi, a Seventh-day Adventist, uh, um, he, he wrote a groundbreaking book called From Sabbath to Sunday. In fact, it was his Ph.D. doctoral dissertation uh, uh, that he wrote while he was in the Vatican. He, he was—think th- about this. He was the first and, and, and last, but he was the first non-Catholic in 450 years that was chosen and invited to attend the, the prestigious Gregorian University— in the Vatican. And it was there that he discovered in their libraries, and they have some of the most extensive libraries in the world, but he discovered documents in the Vatican library that revealed that the Messianic followers of Jesus who fled the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD not only survived, but were found thriving in Pela, some nine, I think it's 90 miles north of Jerusalem, approximately. But they were found thriving in the fourth century. And they were still keeping the Shabbat, the festivals, the dietary laws, 
as a foundational part of their faith in Jesus. This rocked historians and theologians around the world. This 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 was a, uh, an astonishing find, if you will, and it's been hotly debated ever since, but it's just amazing what this Seventh-day Adventist scholar discovered and also put together as part of his doctoral uh, dissertation from Sabbath to Sunday. Now, Bakyaki goes on to demonstrate that the church made the claim that they changed the Shabbat to Sunday by virtue of their authority and not by any mandate in the scriptures. The premise of the book is that the change came due to a variety of reasons, and it wasn't based in any mandate from the scripture whatsoever. And then also, um, it, it becomes clear that the Protestants, according to the church, are simply separated brothers and sisters. The church, since Vatican II, has declared that the Protestants are actually separated Catholic brothers and sisters, and that the Protestants uh, still bow to the authority of Rome in their weekly embrace of Sunday worship, along with a, a host of other traditions. And the church is, of course, trying to woo the Protestants back, and and uh, a lot has, has happened since that time. In fact, the protest is over. And the church and uh, the Lutherans have come to an agreement on on some of their biggest, biggest um, disagreements that led to this Protestant movement to begin with. Most of that is over now. The protest is over, and the church is wooing the Protestants back uh, into their embrace. Now, I want to say to all of my Catholic and Protestant brothers and sisters, isn't it time to come home? Isn't it time? Now, theologically, all roads do not lead to Rome, but to the heavenly Jerusalem. As Paul says, Abraham is the father of all believers, Jewish and Gentiles. He also goes on to say that the Jerusalem above is the mother of us all. Not not, not Rome. The Jerusalem above is the mother of us all. And that we are grafted in, we as Gentiles are grafted into the olive tree of Israel. That's Romans chapter 11. And that we've been brought into the commonwealth of Israel, even the household of God. That's Ephesians chapter 2. And that God has written the Torah on all of our hearts. That's Hebrews chapter 8 and chapter 10. Isn't it time to come home? This is not about ethnic status, but covenant status. And if you believe in Yeshua, the Messiah, you have entered into a covenant with God, the same covenant that Jewish believers are in. And Paul reminds us that is not about ethnic status, but covenant status. He says in, I think it is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. That's kind of code for ethnic status. Really what he's saying is Jewish ethnic status is nothing in, in regards to how we get saved. And he's saying Jewish ethnic status is nothing and Gentile ethnic status is nothing. But what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. So as Jews and Gentiles in Messiah, let us focus. May our emphasis be on walking together in the commandments of God. It's there that we find our unity. It's there that we find our traction, our solidarity. It's there that we have this practical experience of fellowship and joy as we walk together in the framework of the covenant and the commandments of God. This is like huge in every way. And I just encourage uh, Gentile believers 
to, to come back to the heavenly Jerusalem, come back to the olive tree of Israel, come back to the commonwealth of Israel, and join in this great plan of redemption that God has brought about to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Well, that concludes our program for this week. And a special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to you, our listeners and supporters, for making this podcast possible through your prayers and your financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. So help us out. Subscribe now. Share it with your friends. Put it up on Facebook. Pray with us. Give financially and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.